not I'm not trying to be a yo beautiful. I'm trying to be trying. I'm healthy. And all your tests are going well. My priority is my <laughs> physical inside health. Yeah. I don't even know what my face is today. <laughs> I don't even know. Yes, and it is a new year. Yeah, new year, new us, probably. I think we say that every year, which honestly, unless you play them all back to back, probably doesn't have a long term impact on our listeners. But Um, if they listen to every single new year episode and then they're just like, wow, you guys say the same thing every time, you really. Well, I mean, there, it is kind of, we do get kind of different. We do things a little different every year. We get a little mm-hmm. better. We add some things to it. Um, we have done a New Year, New Me series, like we're doing this year mm-hmm. uh, in 2019, I think. 20, 2019. That sounds right. And the vast array of time. <laughs> it was before our video content, which happened in 2020. So, yeah, it's when we got good. That was like when the 2019, I think, was when we started to get good. Mm-hmm. It was a new year, new us. Yeah. And <laughs> we covered uh, American Mary. So we did body modification. We'll do body modification again, just a little scarier. Um, we did mm-hmm. the new year, new me film on Hulu. Uh, I do remember that. Yeah. Which was fun. It was yeah. a fun time. It was kind of like bodies, 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 but not. It was like similar energy, but yeah, older but like old, people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like not, <laughs> not Gen Z, people. but like uh, <laughs> as if millennials were all doing that, I guess. Yeah. It was like old tech too. It was like, mm-hmm. why are you so upset <laughs> about this stuff? Yeah, we did that. Um, I think, I think, no, I think you was in our romance gone wrong series. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did like, you know who you are on the internet. Uh, we did imposters live. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. It was all just about identity and how transformation fits within that in mm-hmm. all of its forms. It was a fun series. I remember being like, "That was interesting." Yeah, the yeah. first time we did Jennifer's body. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a pretty good one. Um, and for our new listeners in this new year, we are the media literacy show from Horror Lens, where we explore the real life historical and social reasons, social reasons behind our cinematic fears. Mm-hmm. Uh, and today we're talking about the beauty industry. Yeah, and it's and incredibly high standards. Yeah, how if just like you're a femme human, you're never doing it right. You're always doing it wrong, no matter what. And it, that's like intentional. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That they do that like on purpose to make you feel like butts so that like you want to change yourself all the time. Um, and then no matter what you do, it's it's someone's not going to like it. 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you could have one partner who like really likes long hair and then you date someone else and they're like, that's actually not my thing. I really like short hair. And you're like, what do I do with my life? <laughs> yeah, I can't change my hair all the time. Um, yeah. That's not actually a good analogy for it. But essentially it's just that like beauty is subjective. Yeah. So it really is hard to make universal. And that's why the beauty industry is garbage most of the time. <laughs> yeah. There's also like, um, there's been a lot of conversations on TikTok about the AI filters. And it's not so much like, yes, there's the whole conversation about artists and credit and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Definitely a problem. But there's this new thing that people are talking about or new point of view where you have this like image of yourself that isn't you. And so now you have this like skewed way that you're supposed to look like because you see this like image of yourself and you're like wow that's beautiful or that's handsome or or whatever it is that you desire to look like and you see this like perfect rendition of that and that's not you and now you're really like, yeah like not how you see yourself yeah. too yeah so it's like oh no am I failing because I don't look like that um yeah. yeah and also yeah I guess also just like the way your brain will transform your own face based on your own perception of how you feel Mm-hmm. is also like a big thing where it's like you really do look beautiful but like you don't see it yeah. <laughs> not you specifically Gabe but like or <laughs> you listener person. like no one specifically but like just in general yeah um that's yeah. very true well there's like um I'm totally blanking on her name but the actress from The Good Place mm-hmm. um who is like such a big advocate for like just looking natural and and so against like you know uh diet culture and is always like out there talking about when there's an issue for like with a new trend um but she also like specifically talked about like when they had the posters up for for good place and they were sending it out they had like photoshop like her arm fat or her back fat or something and she was like no photo put that back in there (laughs) yeah i have to see that and know that that's not what i look like and now have to like reconcile that with who I really am or you could just keep my body how it is and I know that that's well yeah well it's it's like other people deciding you have these flaws whereas like that wasn't a conscious choice I made to alter myself uh it's someone else making that decision to like give me this idea that something's wrong with me yeah yeah that's real like rude yeah it is super rude um yeah and uh today we're going to be talking about an episode from the cabinet of curiosities Guillermo del Toro's anthology series that you can find on Netflix and um I haven't watched all of them but this one stuck out to me and I was like oh well that like we were looking for something in this realm of like how you're perceived how the world is like looking at you some of those problems and the pressures mm-hmm. and it felt really on point <laughs> to talk about agree, this yeah. one specifically and I was like oh that there it is uh and so we're gonna be talking about the outside um which is by Anna Lilia Mirpour which we've we've covered before we did a whole episode mm-hmm. about her and about her film A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night so you can definitely check that out again before videos um <laughs> but it's available everywhere it's also on YouTube so yeah take a lesson to learn about her and then you can Wait. watch her film. Yeah. And then this episode was interesting. I like, think I liked it. I think I'm like pretty oh, sure I liked it. This episode, <laughs> not like our episode about Anna Lily, oh. but like the cabinet of curiosities oh, episode yeah. <laughs> directed by, <Anna>. yeah, <laughs> or written by, I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, I think I liked it. I had mixed feelings. 
I thought I really liked it at first. I was like, wow, that was so cool. And then I was like, oh, but this though. But I'll talk <laughs> about it in my section. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of potential. And I kind of felt similarly where it's like, I really liked it. And then when I learned about like the inspiration, like the the original story, I was like, oh no, I like this more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I like this a lot. Not to say that, you know, this episode is not bad, is is bad. Um, in the Cabinet of Curiosities, there's some winners, some losers in there. I did skip one because yeah. I was like, no, I'm not doing, <laughs> I'm not listening to this. Yeah. Um, but this one was one of my favorites so far that I've watched. I was like, oh yeah, I get it. This is the only one I've watched. So same. <laughs> Good, good. <laughs> you Skip know? the one where they talk all like old timey. Okay. I believe you. <laughs> um, so uh as I said, we are talking about the outside from Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, and it is episode four um of uh the anthology, which came out last year. Um, which is crazy because it just became 2023. And uh wow. what it is about <laughs> is longing to fit in at fit in at work, awkward Stacy begins to use a popular lotion that causes an alarming reaction while an unnerving transformation takes shape um and directed by Anna Lillian Yerfor so boy does it (laughs) does take a shape um Mm -hmm. which I was like okay I'll tell you what this I think this the episode went on a little too long I was like I get it (laughs) I think that's why I like the webcomic because I was like oh okay yeah that was like a nice little dip toe real short you know uh (laughs) when you said uh I'll tell you what, I immediately just heard Hank Hill. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Yeah, I was just like, oh no, gay, why? <laughs> um, excellent. New year, new me. I'm not going straight into King of the Hill. Yeah, um, you know. That's my new identity. <laughs> this is me now. Yeah. I, you know, it's a, it's a weird flex, but I support you in all of your endeavors. Thank you. If you want to be Hank Hill, that's, you know, it's your, it's your decision. <laughs> That's my prerogative. Um, mm-hmm. So the outside uh, tells the story of Stacy, who is undergoing an extreme transformation to fit into what society deems a worthy outside. Uh, and Del Toro's anthology contains eclectic stories that I found interesting, but not especially impactful again so far mm-hmm. that I've watched. Um, but when I stumbled upon the outside, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, this, <laughs> right. is, this stuff. is doing something. I feel yeah. I feel something about it. Um, and I think Anna Lilia Mirpour approaches this complicated relationship with our bodies and society's desires in a peculiar and unsettling way that was really yeah. interesting. Like she loves like just being weird, just like throwing stuff in. Um, yeah, there was and, like a lot of body horror and like uncomfy things. Yeah, sure. and just like it's also just the way like the people are strange, and I really mm-hmm. like that. Like everyone acts kind of like. Um, Fargo y, <laughs> you know, like everyone's like a little mm-hmm. like Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and so I, I thought that was interesting. I was like, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. So uh, director Anna Lillian Mirpour actually explained the concept of the outside in an interview with Distractify in an article titled The Outside. Director explains the meaning behind the Cabinet of Curiosities episode. And she says, the whole thing is about how the outside is what we judge everything by and how much importance we give to the outside, the surface. You know, what's inside is so different, no matter who you are. It's so different from the outside. And that's true for everybody. And I think that a madness can happen in being too obsessed with just the outside. Um, mm-hmm. True. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like it just takes a little bit to get there, but yes, mm-hmm. um, we're all very different inside. And I think like the goal of the beauty industry is that everyone looks the same on the outside. Um, yeah. and there's a lot of problems with that. There's a lot of white supremacy, yeah. <laughs> misogyny that goes into that. Um, but it's so interesting because it really does take away that individuality that you mm-hmm. have um, to fit into this what the beauty industry wants you to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this uh, episode, Stacy is a bank teller with a fine enough husband who cares and a perplexing hobby of taxidermy. And her coworkers are obsessed with perfection. Mm-hmm. Uh, they swarm around their lead femme, Gina, a woman with glowing skin, flawless makeup, and the sharpest of shoulder pads. And <laughs> Stacy <laughs> seems content in her life, but curious about the lives of her coworkers. I did really enjoy that. Like, she didn't seem too uncomfortable in her own skin in the beginning. She was just like, hmm, yeah, they seem we- really happy. What is going on with that? Yeah. Um, and she wonders at their fascination with a new skin cream and feels a twinge of FOMO as they marvel at their flawless skin. And Stacy is surprisingly invited to Gina's holiday party and gift exchange. Um, and she ca- carefully packs away her best taxidermy project, which was a mallard, right? A mallard mm-hmm. I'm so sad. <laughs> It's my favorite Um, kind of duck, and it's weird to have a favorite kind of duck, but I was so sad. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, Um, this is the kind of gift you would give me. Uh, (laughs) Murder a duck and then gift it to you, Gabe, I promise. I promise you, Stacey does not murder these animals. I know, I know. They are already dead, (laughs) and she just brings new life to them. Uh, Uh, She shoots it. She shot it? Yeah. That's why I was. I missed upset. that part. That is really sad. Yeah, I know, I'm sure like some of them she doesn't shoot, but like, and it's also like I get it. It's fine. It like you're, scary. it's it is fine. But it was just scary. <laughs> so upsetting for me personally. Well, don't, don't kill any animals and taxidermy them. Yeah, okay. taxidermy them that you don't kill. Find. Sad. You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna go on record and say right here, I would <laughs> love to never be gifted a taxidermy anything ever <laughs> that's fair that's I mean, just me it's a cool that's hobby me. i get it but like also no <laughs> just me but i would rather not mm-hmm. um, <laughs> where would i put it yeah, you know that's fair. um <laughs> so but like a skull maybe that's fair maybe a skull anyway um but uh she packs away her mallard duck that she murdered and stuffed and reanimated and finds herself amidst the marble stale and glistening home of gina which was just like out of like an 80s home catalog um yeah it looked like a magazine (laughs) it's like no one lives here no one lives (laughs) here so you just kind of walk in here sometimes Mm -hmm. and as a viewer you can't help but worry this may turn into a carry situation with the others bullying our sweet heroine because she's like really nice and it does feel like why did they invite her um but the girls are pleasant enough. You know, they're yeah. not, they're like uncomfortable and they definitely acknowledge their differences, but not in any malicious way. Like I never really felt like they were like, they brought her there to be a joke. They just brought her yeah. there. One, she needs to sell this cream and mm-hmm. that's what you got to do. Uh, but also because like they just wanted to include her. Like they felt like, yeah. oh, you work there too. You know, all yeah. kids in the grade get to uh, an invite to the birthday party, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that was her. So um, the women's gifts from Gina are special packages of her miracle cream called Aloe Glow. And in a haunting and 
disturbingly sexual scene <laughs> the women begin lathering each other up with it before beckoning stacy to participate it like immediately gets really weird like just like this situation where her taxidermying and like everyone's kind of peculiar but then it was like what are we doing um but they also, Stacey- <laughs> yeah they also just go to like at likes about how they never have good sex with their husbands oh yeah so maybe that's what it was maybe this is their version of self-love with each other that totally works that totally, it was, I mean, it was the 80s they weren't erotic to. situation <laughs> i don't know i don't yeah that's true that's true um they were bonding and yeah. what better way to bond than to hate your spouse in yeah. the 80s and then rub yourself sexually rub yourself with this lotion. with your friends mm-hmm. and your lotion who yeah. hasn't been there and <laughs> unfortunately stacy finds that she is allergic and needs to go home they never really like address like she never really says she's allergic she's just like oh i'm having like a reaction, a reaction or something yeah. um and like never goes to get like a steroid shot or take some benadryl none of that no nope. <laughs> she's just like it'll go away on its own and uh late at night as stacy fights against a growing rash and terribly itchy skin she sees a peculiar commercial for aloe glow um a man beckons her from the screen and he seems so intent on stacy it's spooky until he literally addresses her mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like okay oh, this God. is weird and she's like no <laughs> no this isn't <laughs> happening um and the episode spirals from there with stacy falling deeper into the toxic gaze of the aloe ma- aloe glow man uh reminiscent of a televangelist and the heavy pressures and expectations of society like he's clearly like mm-hmm. beckoning her through the screen um and despite the rash and alarm from her husband stacy continues to lather herself up with the lotion um she just thinks like you know i just got to get through the hard parts of it and then i'll be better (laughs) yeah that's not how that works your skin is saying stop yeah (laughs) the pain means it's working yeah no just a note for everyone if (laughs) any type of lotion or skin cream hurts you no that's enough of that (laughs) okay find a different one um and as someone who's like addicted to the 17 step skincare routines from korea (laughs) you gotta know when to stop uh (laughs) you test a little bit oh that ain't working you go somewhere else (laughs) yeah um more sinister events are taking place in the basement where uh stacy has shamefully stored her box load of aloe glow uh we've all been there uh, mm-hmm. you know, hiding our online purchases from a loved one uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the box's contents begin to leak out and eventually take the shape of a human classic love when that happens <laughs> and director Amirpour explains her thoughts on the aloe being saying it is the seduction of this ideal you that you believe might exist somewhere you know if a genie in the bottle could just give you the answer it's like it has to be something that's somehow seductive before you realize that it has some doom and it has something ominous about it right because it this aloe being is alluring for her it presents a possibility that stacy need only suffer slightly as she set sheds this skin for a better more socially acceptable one mm-hmm. um and despite her husband's consistent reassurance that she is beautiful inside and out stacy continues to fall victim to her own internalized misogyny um society has made it clear that she should look a specific way and failing to do that is failing to be beautiful yeah And so now she's put all of her weight into that and all of her stock into that. And so she's not hitting those marks 
meaning she's failing, right? And after yeah. some unsettling in- images, Stacy and the aloe being merged, making her new. And her last obstacle holding her back from her new self is her loving and supportive husband who only wanted her to be herself. Um, This man who wears a look of concern for her well-being, urging her to find the beauty within herself, the beauty he himself loves, is holding her back. And so in her last metamorphic act, Stacy kills her husband and transforms him into something more tolerable and quiet because she taxidermies him like Uh the bird (laughs) Um, Uh and when she returns to work she's transformed she is the it girl now and the women uh flock to her her skin glowing and her shoulder pads beautifully pointy uh and as the women adore her and smother her with appreciation and awe she begins to ascend floating upon the admiration which is like a really fun sequence Mm-hmm. Um, especially because like when it fades to black you're like oh okay it's done and then you're like oh no she's good now um and i found stacy's character interesting um because she's a peculiar but sweet woman who in the beginning seemed rather comfortable with herself like i i don't think she doubted anything and it was kind of a weird switch for me that she all of a sudden didn't like herself um yeah. and i loved uh i'm gonna totally mess up her name but kate Mc- Makuchi's <laughs> performance um and am always amazed at how easily she can move between conventionally unattractive to beautiful because like oftentimes she'll take on a role to look kind of like weird and she really mm-hmm. like plays up the fact that she has like really like extreme features um and so they really really played it up like I was like they're making her look crazy like it gave her like her eyes weren't the right size (laughs) like they there was definitely like editing being done to make her look not good like yeah they added like they made her eyes like weird the way that they would shoot her um the angles were always like really exaggerated it was always with this intent and then of course her face is breaking out or body's breaking out and she yeah. also is like <laughs> performing really weird and then she becomes this like beautiful woman um and it's just her <laughs> and I was yeah. like, that's kind of nice I was like that's a kind of like a relief you know to have like an actor where they're like okay we have to ugly you <laughs> yeah so that you can just look like yourself in the end and that yeah. and that shows how beautiful you are which is kind of nice um so yeah I'll give a mirror for that um and I can't name a single thing that uh Kate Mikuji has been in that I don't love um mm-hmm. anytime she's there I'm like ooh, this is good uh and it was yeah. I also thought it was entertaining because I think Kate actually looks a little bit like Anna Lily um mm-hmm. they have like like the same like like one, they have similar hair in this from mm-hmm. the p- pictures I've seen of her. But then, like the same, like almost like features. Just like I think Kate's are a bit more exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> and that I felt like it was like I was watching something personal because of mm-hmm. that. And um, Stacy had so much in her life going for her already, and yet it wasn't enough, which was really impactful to me. And the way the commercials and the peer pressure from the other women seeped so deep into her was terrifying. Like someone who was so stable and fine who had a pretty decent life was having an issue, right? And um, yeah. the aloe being was really entertaining. It was an interesting villain, um, but ultimately only a tool. It really was there for like a moment. And the real villain, of course, was society and the pressures of perfection on this unique woman. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the other thing, so um, The Outside is actually based on a web comic titled Some Other Animals Meet by Emily Carroll. And while I was reading it, 
I was like, huh, I really like this art style. And then I, um, <laughs> I clicked on like the artist page and I just see this like one page of like art. And I was like, I, wait a second. I actually own one of her books. <laughs> Through oh, the woods. Nice. Um, I recognize her art like right away. I Through the Woods is like one of my favorite graphic novels. Um, mm. It's it inspired me. Like I actually wanted to make um, one of her shorts. So mm. uh, I was like, Anna Lily could do it. <laughs> hey Emily, yeah. I'm gonna be calling you up trying to make this little short. Um, and so, highly recommend you to go read uh, Through the Woods for sure, but also um, read some other animals meet it's super short and i found it really entertaining like interesting uh -huh. it's a quick read so the comic has many similarities to the episode um Alloglo plays a similar similar role and though they both feature a woman confronting her own doubts about her body and being the comic felt heavier and deeper um and i i can't say exactly why <laughs> but I, I just felt more connected to the Stacy in the webcomic and what she was going through felt a little bit more authentic than just like the kind of campiness that was coming from the episode. And so Stacy yeah. in the comic is an Alloglow saleswoman, similar to the Mary Col Mary Kay women of all. Right? So she yeah. holds parties to encourage women to try the product and eventually buy them. And she herself does not use it due to her own allergic reaction to it. Um, and when she's done entertaining the women leaving her alone with her thoughts, we see her analyzing her body. So she's like patting it and pinching it and clearly puzzled by its age and reluctance to firm. Um, mm -hmm. And her disappointment in her body goes beyond the physical appearance because later while talking with a friend, they spot a onesie and she inquires about the gender of the baby and this like conversation because clearly a friend is pregnant mm -hmm. and there is this longing and disappointment in her as she lingers by the baby clothes as if she's feeling her own failure at womanhood and she asks herself what if inside it's somehow the wrong stuff what if my meat is some other animal's meat and the human part of me is just the skin like the smooth layer of dough you drape over an uncooked pie which is like the worst thing you could ever say about yourself mm. um but it's really just this like at some point when you're looking in the mirror the face that's looking at you isn't what you remember um and you realize time has gone right and yeah. you know it's like what is so wrong with her a woman who can't even bask in the glow that aloe glow provides right like she can't even use her own stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and her body is so against expectation that it cannot even handle the simplest of luxuries. And later, as she explains to her friend how she is losing the thread a bit, her reality blurring, confusing itself with a dream that it's so easy for your body to lie to you. I sometimes don't know what I'm seeing. In a mirror, when I look at my hands, I don't know what it's all for. I don't know what it wants. And the woman in the mirror is aged, has changed, is an unrecognizable to her in the way that our aging bodies can be. And it's slipping away from our lifetime of imagined existence. And eventually, similarly to Amir poor Stacy, Carol Stacy also begins to lather up with Aloe Glow, ignoring her own body's protests in the pursuit of beauty. And if she pretends it's okay long enough, imagines herself as another woman, then wouldn't she simply become that woman one day? Hmm. And I don't know why. <laughs> I just felt like that Stacy was going through it <laughs> in a different way. Yeah. Like not as like intense or, and it wasn't even like the, if there was no peer pressure and there was no commercials. It was literally this one woman who is fighting her own image of herself. 
Like yeah. she's just looking in a mirror and being like, who is that? What yeah. happened? <laughs> and like, okay, what do I do? Whereas like the, the show was definitely being like, you're, you're being pressured by the world. It's not just that we age and our bodies change and it's not what we yeah. thought it would be. Yeah. I didn't even pick up on the aging element of it that much. I was just like, no one ever feels at home in their body. That's just what life is. Uh, so I think it's, just, <laughs> yeah, it's like a different uh, interpretation. So I think it's just really interesting. I really liked the different things that you picked up on. I just think that's cool about media in general. I was just yeah. like, huh, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, so wait a second. Now I got to watch yeah. that again. <laughs> no, no, for sure. Um, I totally got different things too, which is so funny. Like I had an opposite. I thought Stacy from the web comic was like interesting, but I didn't get her whole vibe. I was just like, I feel this way. Like yeah. I get it. Like being in bodies is hard. I also feel like I'm in a flesh prison. Like, what is this even? I don't know. Society <laughs> tells me what gender I am and I just exist as that. Like, what do you mean? Um, so it's just like really wild. I was just like, I don't understand. Uh, but then I totally related super heavy. I mean, in ways that sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't relate this hard to this character that's going around murdering people. Uh, yeah. But I didn't relate to her because of the murder. And that's where my problem <laughs> oh, that's good. I think it, it was, was all the other things. Yeah, it's all the other things. Sans murder. Where... Totally the same person. <laughs> so sorry. Yeah, but I like totally related heavier to the other story than I did to the webcomic. So it's just funny. Just funny how it all works out. But I totally didn't even perceive it from the aging standpoint where like you get older and your body looks different. Where it's like, I feel that. I look mm -hmm. different than I did five years ago. Yeah. Two years ago even. I don't even know. Like I'm still here. You get to look, watch me age. Yeah. Fr fans, friends. <laughs> yeah, you, you get, get to see our faces get how older. How long are you doing this? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Super fun. Love that for us. Old. Um. But yeah, hello, friends. Uh, just as context for my section, I have COVID and feel like butts. Blech uh, is how I feel. So, but we're going to do it. And I feel like I had more to say about this than I expected to. So um, what better way to start off a new year, new me series, than to talk about an industry that profits off of our yearly transformations and endless desire to change ourselves. While we at the Ghouls, are all about growing, learning, and changing. There is something to be said about the predatory way the patriarchy, racism, and capitalism all work together as they do to commodify, objectify, and critique our bodies. Uh, the industry itself profits by actively pushing feelings of unworthiness, incompleteness, and a sense of being wrong on its consumers, but especially femme bodies, which is the mm -hmm. focus of the webtoon, an episode that we watched. Um, there's so much at play, honestly, in both versions mm -hmm. of this story, um, which I realized even more after listening to your section, Gabe. Uh, but there's just like, there's so much being said on both ends in the sense that like you have two very like similar and different characters playing out a similar and different scenario, but like all under the same kind of pressure of like what it is to be a person, mm -hmm. you know, um, and there's the reason I felt like the Cabinet of Curiosities episode gave me more from the main characters just because we got to see them more. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's why it was it was a long episode where like yeah. the webtoon did go very quick. And I think that's maybe why I had a harder time like having a more intense 
connection with that character because I felt like I just spent so little time with them. Where the Cabinet of the Curiosity episode, I was sitting there and I was like, wow, it's still going. Um, so I feel like I got a lot of time with the Stacy from the show. Maybe that's why like I felt like I had a more complex picture from that Stacy than the Stacy in the webtoon. But that's it's just like a time thing. <laughs> Anything else? It's nothing to do with storytelling. Um the way you're ingesting the media. That's very true too. Yeah. Maybe it's more of like the moving image that speaks to you versus like having to like I read a lot of graphic novels and so I get that's a lot of super... just like sitting with images. <laughs> yeah, I have the opposite. I, you already know at the ghouls, I can't read very well. Uh and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's just it does influence my ability to like enjoy media um and that's not universal because like a book that's long as heck so I'm gonna sit with those characters for a long time but mm-hmm. it definitely I think yeah I think maybe that was part of the difference in the way my brain processed it and that like I do have a harder time getting into like graphic novels and web webtoons uh just because of the way that they're presented and the tiny fonts and what have you mm-hmm. um but honestly, I think the Cabinet of Curiosities episode did, in most ways, stay true to the original source material and, like, the overall theme. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you're saying, the approach is very different. It highlighted a multitude of issues with the pressures femme bodies face at the hands of the patriarchal system and how that impacts, like, our mental health uh, mm-hmm. to the way in which, like, we detach from our bodies and how that has become, like, an essential piece of survival. Mm-hmm. Um, in the show, these themes are told by from a seemingly neurodivergent perspective. At least that's, like, that's how I interpreted it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I related really heavy to Stacey because of that. And she stressed me out to all end because of yeah. that. <laughs> um, but I feel like the webtoon more so portrayed a neurotypical perspective, or at least that was, mm-hmm. like, how I interpreted it. And maybe that's, like, also part of where mm-hmm. the different relation came to because as a very neurodiverse human <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. like neurospicy I'm in um, <laughs> yeah but both exper- characters experience this like intense detachment from their bodies and the impact of harmful beauty standards in that uh with one main f- fundamental difference and that's where I kind of like had an issue whereas in the neurotypical story there's no murder Mm -hmm, (laughs) Um, mm -hmm. and I thought the show did a really amazing job showcasing this until the murder like I was like all for it until the murder but uh it really did bother me a bit um it won't be the focus of my section I did want to say like my my two cents Um, yeah it is a problem to to have a character who is neurospicy murdering someone yeah or just like why you know for yeah for sure like I don't think it added really anything to the story um it bothered me but uh this was a very obviously as Gabe said it was a campy episode like it was Mm -hmm. a very dramatized portrayal of like society's pressures and toxic beauty standards and it it did great job in some areas that left you like physically uncomfortable and like kind of uneasy and like Mm -hmm. really interesting use of body horror um that was creative and stressful and it activated a lot of thoughts for me too, which is something I always enjoy for media. Um, it really resonated at times with the main character and that the anxiety they felt in interacting with their neurotypical colleagues, I like really resonate, like where you just kind of, you may accept yourself, but you do feel like this kind of like disconnect mm-hmm. where you're like, what, why am I so weird? 
Yeah. Why can't I just understand what these normal people are talking about? Like, I want to not like my husband and talk about that with my friends. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't yeah. actually, like, I want to love the person I'm with. But, you know, there's this feeling of, like, fear of missing out, as Gay was saying, FOMO, uh, that, like, does exist when there's that kind of, like, disconnect uh, in your cognitive processes or uh, the way you process social interactions. So I related pretty heavy to that. Um, as well as, like, not understanding the social conventions, like Secret Santa, or, like, what it is and isn't appropriate party conversation. <laughs> True. Um, like, I rem- I was, like, so nervous for this party because I vividly remember, Gabe, when we started to become friends with Isaiah and, like, that group of friends. Yeah. We did a Secret Santa, and I got the weirdest gift in the entire world. Like, I gave a assortment of birds, uh-huh. like, wooden birds, like, plastic birds in a birdcage because... Yeah. People told me they didn't like birds and I just thought it would be really funny <laughs> to do that. And if I had this, like these women were very nice for the fact that she gave her them a stuffed dead animal. Um, but <laughs> I am very thankful that like the friends that we have loved that I got them this weird bird cage yes. of strangeness and that that was just a fun quirky thing I did that everyone enjoyed instead of yeah. like oh god can this weird person please leave my house <laughs> like yeah. that never at any point happened so I don't know <laughs> I just really resonated with me is very stressful because I've also been in the other situation um but so yeah <laughs> yeah I'm weird as heck um and I just it resonated very much with it because it's like I've been on the other end of that too where it's like I I am not with a group of friends who is about it and they're like why are you like this and I'm like I don't know <laughs> I just am what do you want um but yeah there was like this relation that I really felt in just like wanting so desperately to fit in and that like kind of struggle where like if you haven't met those people where you fit in yet being around neurotypical people can feel really stressful and almost like unnerved. Like you can like really feel like you're going insane. Uh, mm-hmm. Cause you're like, I don't understand why these interactions are going the way that they are because everything I understand is different. So I just related really heavily to that. Um, and that was enough story for me, honestly, that they're, that like this wanting to fit in was they're even willing to put themselves through this dramatic transformation, alter themselves and put themselves in harm's way, because that's kind of like what you can feel like if you're trying to fit in um, mm-hmm. and it's just not working. So like, as I said, that was enough of a story for me, but it bothered me so much that they made her murder her husband. Cause I don't think it added anything to the story um, other than maybe portraying this like need to be fit in can be life or death. But I think we could have done that differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get like it is life or death in a capitalistic society that provide, prioritizes external appearance over internal health. But unfortunately, it's just like another example of media positioning individuals with mental health issues as well as neuro differences as dangerous when statistically they are more likely to be the victim of violence than the perpetrator of. Um, so that's a whole different conversation, but it definitely bothered me. So I just wanted to get that out. That's super uh, valid. I do think it was that he was the last obstacle of her transforming into this new being because he loved her for who she was and would have always tried to get her to go back and there was concern there and she couldn't really be free until she got rid of him but I do agree that like the way that it's done yeah the fact that they you know coded her in that way doesn't yeah (laughs) but like if it wasn't then like she could have just been a weird lady and that would have been fine Um. yeah but like and also like I also get why like part of the what like he was also his own like he was nice he cared about her obviously but there was also this kind of 
I like you how you are, so yeah. I, I won't let you change. And that's something that's also, like, kind of predatory within, like, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Like, he has nothing but good intentions, but he is definitely be like, you are mine, yeah. and I don't want you to change, so you're not gonna. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, that's not okay either. Like, yeah. you have to be supportive as long as they're not, like, harming themselves. Yeah. It didn't Which always was, come from, but... like... I like I love you for who you are and I want mm-hmm. you to be happy or even just like you're hurting yourself like that like he was concerned of that but it was very much like yeah I you know, like you like yeah. this yeah where like the conversation the yeah. life that I need exactly the life that does the thing for me <laughs> yeah no exactly and it was like definitely approached the wrong way from his perspective so it's like not that like mm-hmm. that justifies his murder but like I also got like how he was a problem in the show as well like his, yeah his ex- exhibition of like you are mine and you cannot change is also a problem so but yeah that's just my little rant about that um but the bulk of my section will be just like how the beauty industry is trash so as i said uh the beauty industry positions itself specifically around this like detachment from self um Mm -hmm. And we can't really talk about the horrors of the beauty industry without mentioning its deep roots in the patriarchy, white supremacy, and capitalism. Uh, Mm -hmm. Much of the beauty industry is centered around a concept that is extremely subjective, being beauty, and forcing it to be considered objective by societal pressure and influence. And many of these standards, unfortunately, that we see within the beauty industry are rooted in whiteness or are dependent upon a nuclear family structure. Um, Or if they're not rooted in whiteness, they're exploitative of... uh, like BIPOC mm-hmm. backgrounds to like commodify those bodies and l- allow whiteness to commodify those things yeah. and co-opt them for their own wealth and success. Um, mm-hmm. So either way, it's a problem. Um, and since we live in a white supremacist and patriarchal society, the standards of beauty often reinforce those pillars. Um, and I found a article about this uh, that kind of goes into it more heavily it's called on everydayfeminist.com called beauty dash ideals dash racist um clear understanding of what that will be about um and i'm not going to get into like every single thing on it but just so you know that that is an article that you can read about um and there are lots of books that uh were on my list specifically one that i really want to read um that also goes into this and unpacks like how racism impacts our perspective of like also like thinness Mm-hmm. Um, so fearing the black body by Sabrina strings, uh, goes into the racial origins of fat phobia and how the contemporary ideal of slenderness is at its very core racialized and racist. Um, so that's also another interesting thing that you can read at your own leisure. Um, but essentially the way that the patriarchy influences beauty standards is that, uh, it ends up being inherently damaging because it looks at the system that exists and says our society does not view these bodies as human, specifically femme bodies. Uh, so let's treat them like objects. And the result is the majority of human bodies are viewed as wrong in need of constant changes. Get thinner, not too thin. Be tall, not too tall. Wear makeup, but not too much. Stay young, but not too cute, you know? Mm-hmm. Be sexy, but not a slut, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the list goes on and on. And the result is that essentially the ideals that to make as many humans feel that there's something wrong that they need to change feel that there's something that needs to be different and then feel like that solution is able to be bought. Um, mm-hmm. And this cabinet of curiosities episode is not the first to call it beauty, the beauty industry. I believe there's like uh, specifically the perception of like Western society and, and mm-hmm. beauty. Uh, the twilight zone also did this. 
Mm-hmm. I wrote in. I love that one. Yeah, it was a really good one. It was like the uh, beauty, beauty is, is in, in the, the eye, eye of the beholder. beholder. Which and literally, yeah. Big faces. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Literally, like that's what it is. I also hilariously in my COVID brain wrote, think of other examples in quotes and then didn't think of them because uh, then I got COVID. <laughs> um, so I just, I think that's fun. I'm going to leave it in there for you to enjoy um, if you do check out there are blog. There are some good ones. There's one with um, Antonio Banderas. I'll have to find that. But there are there are a bunch of films. Yeah, it's not the it's not the first country. rodeo where this is covered. You know what I mean? Like this is a subject <laughs> that has been covered by media for a minute because it is a huge problem. Like it is something that actively damages our perceptions of self. So media has covered it. Uh, the skin the I live in is the yes. Antonio Banderas. Uh, I've heard film. of that. See, this, <laughs> this might have been on the list of think of other examples. <laughs> we're thinking now all right we're this is <laughs> we're in, like you guys are getting a glimpse behind the curtain this is how it works mm-hmm. yeah this is how we get it done uh, but because of the fact that beauty is subjective it is in the eyes of the beholder what we see is that like you're kind of as a human if you exist in a femme body you're constantly getting critiques from all angles often in conflict with one another uh things that like literally you cannot keep up with or like just are so subjective you're just you'll never be enough in the eyes of those who are perceiving you um and it really shifts our view as like uh Gabe was talking about like this view of only looking at the outside shifting that outside is all that matters um because it's the thing that's getting the most attention mm-hmm. um so it kind of just really encourages us to detach from ourselves. So in shifting our outward appearance to fit an ever-changing structure of what society wants, it's hard to keep up with. And it will also lead you further from self-acceptance because it's entirely rooted in your detachment from who you are actually. Mm -hmm. Um, And the beauty industry and capitalism itself profits off of our detachment from our own bodies, our self-commodification and working with the wants of the patriarchy. In many ways to survive in a capitalistic society, detachment from our bodies is essential. Mm -hmm. In the simplest way, we are taught to ignore signals from our bodies from a very early age, um, thinking uh, specifically our needs to fit what's happening externally. So if you think of like ignoring food, that you're hungry because you need to go to school you need to go to work Mm -hmm. you didn't have enough time in the morning like you're constantly taught from a very young age you can't go to the bathroom when you need to go to the bathroom Mm -hmm. because your teacher said no you're having to really alter what you feel inside to deal with what's happening around you externally and it makes us kind of train ourselves to detach from those signals uh, that tell us like what we need uh, in order to get money and find success, which is also a pillar of survival. Yes, because we live in a capitalistic society, but ultimately like shouldn't be because mm-hmm. we should just be able to listen to what our bodies are telling us. Yeah. Um, it's like my grandmother always says, I say it all the time, that it hurts to be beautiful. Like it, it yeah. like you have to hurt yourself often, like, you know, plucking it means it's working. or like you know? <laughs> ripping hair out of your body or like, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, it means it's working, fighting through it. It makes me yeah. think of the sexy getting ready song from Crazy. Oh my goodness. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> yes. See another example. <laughs> Look at us. We're coming out. Oh, yeah. We All got them. We know. We got it. Okay, yeah. we know some of them. It's those. just in here, you know, just in our brains. <laughs> it's not down. Um Additionally, we are trained to treat our bodies like machines as objects that need to be altered in order to fit these external influences. Um, And the reason for this is because of capitalism. 
uh, our outward appearance impacts our survival. They are poorly. They have to, it is an unfortunate reality. People treat people who look nicer, better. Mm -hmm. You're more likely to get job opportunities. You're more likely to find stability through uh, marriage. Housing. Yeah, housing. You're more likely to be accepted for housing. Like there's so many factors. And when those things are inherently rooted in white supremacy, you Mm -hmm. have an entirely additional issue that kind of ties into that because then you're actively being barred from these resources that you genuinely need to survive Mm -hmm. um so because uh capitalism makes this essential our outward appearance becomes one of the most important things because it is our gateway to survival uh and what we have our connection to our bodies our actual what we want to look like our concept of self is no longer a priority Um, our survival becomes contingent upon fitting a mold that has nothing to do with our own personal wants and needs and everything to do with being accepted by a group. Um, And this extends to every facet of our lives in the unconscious biases that are held by those in power that influence their decision-making and distributing these resources, opportunities, and even consequences. Mm -hmm. If you think about who gets punished for things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when beauty standards influence all of those factors, they become essential for survival. And that's why it's a problem. Um, Because we're all for changing your body to fit how you feel internally, if that's like something that really helps you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If it's not damaging to yourself, like, you know what I mean? Um, It's all, I'm all for changing how you feel outside to fit how you feel inside. But when that's not the reason you're doing it, that's where you have like, these kind of toxic or damaging things that can happen mm-hmm. to you. If this change is done to help you feel more connected to your body, then it's a positive change. Um, but unfortunately, because of the nature of capitalism and all the ways these things intersect, um, generally uh, changes are done to ourselves to match this outer perception mm-hmm. that does obviously give you some power in terms of life Um, but can be really damaging, like we see very dramatically shown uh, in the show. Um, So essentially, it's like if the change is done for an external factor, like a judgmental partner or to fit in with strangers that you don't even like, like in the show, like, well, you don't even like these women. (laughs) Like you're interested in them. Yeah. But like, you don't, you don't care. Who are you? Yeah, exactly. It can become toxic because it'll just further detach you from your body. It's not like to fulfill what you feel inside. It's to fulfill what someone else wants. And that means you're never going to be satisfied with it. So Mm -hmm. that feeling of like emptiness that you think it's going to solve, it's not going to solve, um, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's easier said than done uh, because the way capitalism intersects with everything and our concept of self, it's, it's hard to like really know what your internal self is by the time you reach adulthood. Um, it's it's hard to accept that person too uh because you're just so trained not to um but so you know when you the world around you treats your body like an object it does impact your own perception of self as well as well as like the connection with who you are as a person and that can be really hard and damaging and you just got to find your people though cuz the mm-hmm. right people aren't going to do that to you they're not going to make you feel like you're not enough that's true yeah, that's true. They're gonna love you for who you are, and and not because you're the way they want you to be. Yeah, <laughs> like the husband, they like you because you're the way you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really the biggest thing. And and there really is like we do have to confront just how deep the problems of 
our society goes like as long as this episode was it was still like a kind of superficial like posting mm-hmm. through of those issues because there's a lot it's it's very deep and there's a lot to it was trying to do a lot and I was like actively like well what? that's why I thought I liked it so much at first because I was like this is saying so much I was like oh my goodness it's covering this and how like the neurotypical and autistic experience of like having to deal with that like stress and then also like the pressures of the patriarch and then I was like but then they murdered and I was like (laughs) yeah yeah and the girl's like and she just goes to work and they're like you're beautiful now and she's like we can all all talk about how we don't love our husband (laughs) yeah my face it's so young and beautiful yeah you're you're just yourself like you literally just put on some makeup yeah. yeah not even a lot like um and a like, decent amount of its confidence you know like when you love yourself it is something that like radiates outward and that's something mm-hmm. that's really hard to find when the world around you teaches you that that's not a thing like you should you shouldn't love yourself but like it is like the same confidence that she literally just like put some confidence on and then went to work and then everyone's like <gasps> yes you got a haircut wow <laughs> You know, I thought of one, it's not specifically the beauty industry, but when you're talking Mm. about, like, how our appearance, like, affects our ability to get access to things, I was thinking about that Mm -hmm. Black Mirror episode, Nosedive, where she has to, like, do everything because you get rated, you get the points. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like your credits. Where you get, like, mm mm-hmm. And, like, they can get things, like, they can come at you for things that are just, like, so seemingly not important like you just like looked at somebody weird and they're like yeah. i don't like your face i think how able is that system specifically yeah. would become really fast yeah like nurse literally like nurse by are... person just existing like this is my face yeah. and then someone's like i don't like them points they're down. just they don't have any they can't live anywhere they can't do nothing like yeah that's rough and it, it impacts just... all facets of life it's really crazy <laughs> we probably cover that episode now like from this new lens yes we definitely should yeah yeah game let's do it new year new us yeah yeah you know once this covid wears off i'm ready to go (laughs) yes (coughs) speaking of um yeah yeah. (laughs) so um yeah i agree and i think like um the this is a good like a good start and i i really really recommend the the webcomic um just because I think Emily Carroll does a really interesting job I really love the way that she like personifies things too and and there's a bit of that weirdness too because she like Mm -hmm. gets up in the middle of night and she's like like she's wakes up her husband to be like I think there's a murderer in the house and he's like or whatever and she goes and she sees like the figure and she's just like nope (laughs) she goes back to bed and he's like was it a murderer and she's just like like no um so just like that like we're not even going to talk about it thing um but yeah just like like linger with it and and give the show a shot uh again not all the episodes are winners and that's also because it's like that's also subjective like (laughs) you might really really like the episode where they talk all old-timey and yeah like yeah not all media is made for everybody yeah exactly <laughs> there's some that were like pretty decent, and then others where you're like yeah and yeah you might also hate this one and fine whatever um I thought it was fun and yeah. quirky that was <laughs> and a good 
kickoff to the year. So we'll be doing uh, more New Year, New Me. We're going to be talking about all kinds of transformations or uh, identity again and how yeah. we are perceived by the world and, and how that impacts the way that we move throughout it um, and, you know, how you find yourself and what that means for you mm -hmm. and, you know, societal pressures, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. They'd be there. You know, <laughs> think of do. more things. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it literally is. They do be there. Like it is a real thing that exists that actively impacts our lives. Like I don't know. Did you people treat you vastly different when you wear makeup or is that just me? Like, you know, like paper <laughs> do. Yeah. So it's it's just like, yeah. If you're per if you perceive your or if people perceive you in the way that like they expect generally they're going to be nicer to you and it's like it's um, very true. an unfortunate reality of what it is to exist in the society I mean maybe it's all societies but I haven't been to all societies so I don't really know <laughs> I don't I could not tell you but it definitely sucks yeah, yeah. I want to I want to share a really like it it's it sucks for cat calls to happen but I had this really one that, that I think it was pretty funny okay <laughs> tell me about it <laughs> so I was like so I was at the bus stop or trolley stop I'm waiting and I had my headphones in. I've been listening to my audiobook. Yeah. And I, was, I gave myself a really lofty goal for this year. <laughs> Gotta get on it. So I'm listening to my audiobook. And I hear, like, the shout from a car. And it sounds like it's like, hey, yo, beautiful. But I got my headphones in, so I'm not, like, paying attention. And after a while, this person has said it, like, four times. Like, hey, yo, beautiful. So then I turn, and I see that the window is going up. And then I turn away. And so they rolled it back down <laughs> to keep going. Like, hey, yo, beautiful. Hey, yo, beautiful. <laughs> and I'm just not I'm just like okay so termination. You, like whatever and then they turn to like go in front and I'm looking down at my phone <laughs> I just hear hey you're, hey, you're beautiful <laughs> I'm like do I know this person they, like, they should have said more words if I knew them but I was like but they, they could have just said your name it was so, like it was so insistent it was hilarious like, hey you Hey, uh, hey, you're beautiful. <laughs> I'm like, what do you, what do you want to happen? What is the next thing that's? I'm just be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am the beautiful. You are the love of my life. You Let's the run the off. And <laughs> you are the car person. Let's go. I was waiting for the trolley. You were the man who rolled down your window and then rolled it back up and then rolled it back down <laughs> and said, "Hey, said, you're beautiful." Hey, you're beautiful. Seventeen. <laughs> In the span of three minutes, like yeah what uh so that are was... you okay is <laughs> yeah. that... this is not like i want to go i just want to make yeah. sure you're cool yeah. um <laughs> what's going on with you so yeah, yeah. but again usually super gross and it was still like uh, i don't why are you talking to me i don't know you it's morning yeah <laughs> going to my doctor's appointment <laughs> yeah, i'm not i'm you. not trying to be a yo beautiful i'm trying to be healthy and yeah. all your tests are going well my priority is my <laughs> physical inside health yeah. i don't even know what my face is today <laughs> I don't even know but, but yes. apparently it's beautiful so mm -hmm. that's good for you <laughs> it is also like very true like people can treat you differently when you wear different things even sometimes when you're just like femme presenting or mask presenting that day like mm -hmm. you know a whole different vibe. oh you had a whole different bag of tricks yeah that exists in the world people <laughs> treat you entirely differently yeah. I would notice like even like when I used to teach like kids children tiny children would be significantly like better behaved and nicer to me when I was like done up like I, uh -huh. looked, I looked nice 
and they would be like, oh, Miss Cat. And I was like, okay, I'm just like a person. Yeah. But like, I would notice like the difference. Or even like parents would be nicer to me, like at pickup. And I'd be like, okay, well, right. this is not able to be maintained at all times. So I'm a look like regular most of the time. Yeah. And then it's like a treat for everybody when I look nice. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I just <laughs> remember it being like a thing and being like, ew. <laughs> Now I don't with like Zoom, that. I only got to worry about up, like the you they know, even waist up. in Zoom they have the filters that make you look nicer than you actually do. I was like, yeah. my skin looks nice in Zoom. It doesn't <laughs> look nice here. It doesn't let you do it in Streamyard. No, but in my defense, I do have a plague. So <laughs> I think you look lovely for a plague. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I didn't see you when you had the plague, so I I don't yeah, know how I you look. But I would me. you look lovely right now. Thank you. Uh, and probably also when you had the plague. But I wasn't—I didn't see you then. So. Yeah. I'll say this. Everybody out there, when you had the plague, because you probably did. Everybody probably had, had it, our one weird. friend Roland has had the plague. And well, he's got Knock on wood. Oh, my gosh. I, I don't want that for you, Roland. I'm really sorry. But I went this entire time not having it. And it's, yeah. it's, it's really hard not to get it, I guess. But you'll still be beautiful. Okay, because yeah. it's all about the inside, it as cheesy as that is. Um, because then it goes to your outside. Roland, I know you actively Imagine. listen to us. I want you to know I don't want you to get the plague. Like, genuinely, I don't want that for you because it sucks. And I don't want you to have that because you're a wonderful human. Because um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he listens to our show there. every week. So <laughs> I'm making sure that, like, he knows. I didn't mean nothing by that. Yeah. Oh. And what we do mean is that Everyone who listens and watches us is beautiful. Listening yeah. makes you beautiful. I'm just, I'm just going to say it. Yeah. And in 2023, because that's what year it is, we <laughs> want you to find yourself. Yeah. And we're here for that journey. And if that's different than what the world wants, we're going to fight the world with you. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll fight the world with you. And if you think of any other examples... <laughs> Yeah, okay. list of examples. yeah, list other yeah. examples. If you have those other examples, if you want to sh- like throw them out here, like, know. you know, goodbye, mommy, or whatever. Um, all those other ones is it good night, mommy? I, but I also don't, I think just that heard about... good vibe, mommy, and I was like, who are you? What is that? Like, like, mommy, that... sorry, like, what? So... <laughs> mommy, sorry, uh, <laughs> no, <there's... laughs> Good night, mommy. Is a show, a movie. Is it's a, a movie, film? Right? It's a film. I yeah. think it's like Australian or something. Yes, I've and seen that. <laughs> the mom gets like facial reconstructive surgery yeah. or something. Um, there's also a really great book um, by Chuck Palahniuk, um, mm. Invisible Monsters. I want to say uh, I can't spell Chuck Palahniuk's <laughs> name, so I'm just gonna type it in here. Uh, no, I have beautifully you, but I haven't read that. But yeah, there's one, um, Invisible Monsters, so mm. good. That's about the breathing industry, and it was a very good book. Um, I've well, who knows? Maybe unfortunately we'll read a do. lot of him. So, yeah, um, yeah, we. I, I'll, we'll you know, do all of the beauty industry, we'll ones. Do beauty and then industry. I'll actually unpack any of it instead of just saying the things in my brain. And I won't have COVID <laughs> then, so it'll just go better for everybody. Yeah, I love well, that for us in the future. Me too. Well, stay tuned for uh, so or tune in next week. We're talking about more new year, new us. Um, we have quite a few cool things lined up for this year uh, that we're covering. We're very excited. Um, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna try to dress up some more and don't get married. Let your kids. They will.
Okay. <laughs> I'm leaving it at that. that <laughs>